today we are returning one last time to a series that we kicked off back in Easter, uh, Raised with Christ. And on Easter Sunday, we talked about that, and we talked about uh, how this passage in Colossians 3, 1 through 17, you know, teaches us that we are to be uh, people, if we are, you know, Jesus followers, then we are to identify in his death and his resurrection, and we're supposed to live in a new way of life. And so we've been talking about that, and some of the things we've shared so far is that we've got to be with Jesus to become like Jesus in his resurrection. We've got to uh, take responsibility for directing our minds and our thoughts uh, and setting them on him and on things above where he is, seated at the right hand of God. We've got to also take some intentional steps uh, away from sin and typical human behavior and attitudes and feelings, uh, and we've got to step towards a whole new way of being, and, and that looks a lot more like Jesus. It looks like um, patience and kindness and gentleness and love, above all, and, and peace and so many things like that that we're working into our lives in this process of putting some things to death and bringing other things to life by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. So that's kind of where we've been going, and there's a few verses at the end of this passage where we didn't really get to spend much time, but they talk about things like uh, the unity of people who are raised with Christ with one another, and it talks about gratitude, and it talks about doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so there's these themes that come up at the end of this passage in Colossians 3, 1 through 17, where uh, it's really, you know, something that I didn't want to just skip over. And so I invited Aaron to uh, do this interview with me, and I'm actually going to interview him today. I don't know how, um, how many of you know Aaron. Most of you that call Cypress Street your home, you know him. Uh, but maybe you don't know that God's had a calling on Aaron's life for a long time. Uh, when, in fact, when I came to uh, be the pastor here six years ago, Aaron was a sixth grader and told me then that he was going to be a pastor someday. And uh, so, you know, God's had, uh, has been telling Aaron about this for a long time, and uh, Aaron is uh, preparing to go into uh, ministry training, and, and so he's, but he's not waiting for that. And so he's been doing ministry in the opportunities that God's been giving him over the, uh, the last few years. We've given him some opportunities, and some other churches have given him opportunities, and we're excited for him to share some with us today. Uh, I want to, before we dive into some questions that I have for Aaron, I want to roll that video of our scripture reading one more time. I will share that with you, and then we'll be right back with our interview. So here's Colossians 3, 1 through 17, recited for you by members of our church that memorized it. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, for you have put off the old self 
with its practices and have put on the new self, you are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, sentient, slave, and free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, His chosen ones, holy, dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. When anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I'm excited about this. I think you're excited about this. This is an awesome passage of scripture. This whole concept of being raised with Christ is super cool. Like Absolutely. the idea of uh, his resurrection life being available to us uh, in a large way right now and not just sometime right. in the future. And so I'm excited to talk about these three themes of unity and gratitude and uh, lastly, this idea, this huge idea of doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So uh, first, Let's talk about unity, and my first question is based on verse 11 that says, In Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free, but Christ is all and in all. So I'm thinking that if Paul was with us today, he probably wouldn't use words like barbarian right. or Scythian, because right. we don't even have people that we call barbarians <laughs> and Scythians, and we don't even, in our culture... Uh, you know, at least we don't practice like legal slavery or anything, you know. Right. Um, and so this, these are not uh, the kinds of people that we run into on a day-to-day. -day. None of these categories exist in our culture. So does this still apply to us? And if so, what are some things that uh, often break down unity for us? Absolutely. Well, um, they definitely do apply. And uh, if Paul was here with us today, he would definitely, um, he wouldn't use this, of course, but he could use even... Uh, to get personal with us, uh, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Black, White, uh, Hispanic, um, you know, Asian, whatever you are, and he'll, I think he would be that kind of person that would uh, would really break down each race and each you know category of how we define ourselves. So we all know that hey, look, just because you label yourself as this doesn't mean that you're separate from the kingdom. And so um, that's, I think that's how Paul would first off put the label on it so we, we could, uh, so he would clarify to us that, you know, um, it's not about who you are as an American or who you are as just in this world or ethnicity wise, it's who you are in Christ. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, it's just, it's very important that we understand that not just because people don't agree with us on certain secondary issues or, uh, I w yeah, I would say secondary issues doesn't mean that they still aren't connected with us in Christ. And, uh, and so I, I can break down just from, I like politics, so I'll just break down from a political view. Um, with, with Republicans and Democrats and Independent and all this, uh, they're, they're always, it, for sure every four years, there becomes a lot of hatred through, through that um, because there's election year. And 
the closer the election gets, the more bad mouthing things get. And uh, and I, I follow a lot of people on Instagram that are you know a little liberal in their faith and liberal in their uh, in their you know, um, political views as well. And also, being in the South, we're filled with more conservative views on things. And, uh, and do I disagree with people that may have different views than me? Absolutely, but that doesn't mean I love them any less. And I'm still united with them in Christ. And our, I want to make clear that, for one thing, that our country is not America. Our country is heaven. And, and this is just our temporary home. And I, I, I like to always say that I'm not an American Christian. I'm a Christian that was just born in America. Um, and just because I think we lose sight of, you know, I grew up believing that if you voted one way, you couldn't be a Christian. And that's just not how it is because the truth behind it is Jesus is for you. Jesus loves you. And we're united in Christ. And to be united, um, when, when you help someone in Walmart get something off the shelf, do you ask them for their political views? No. Do you, you don't do this in the name of Donald Trump or Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. You do it in the name of Jesus if you're a Christian. And you do everything in the name of Jesus, which we'll get to that. Um, so I think it's just, it's very... Uh, immature of us to to label ourselves as things and put that over the kingdom when we are as Christians just ultimately together in Christ and it doesn't all that other stuff is going to pass away it doesn't matter um, your race doesn't matter how, how you're born uh, you know your your class or whatever um, that doesn't matter ultimately it's just about hey what can I do for you today how can I help you you know that and we don't even we don't even do good deeds just for other Christians. We do stuff for for all kinds of people, Muslims, atheists, everybody, and that's just who we are as Christians. And to be able to come together and not argue amongst one another about little topics, but just to be able to understand, hey, Jesus died for you, Jesus rose for you, and Jesus lives in you. So, and to understand that as a as a whole is very important. It's so interesting that where our culture culture is gone with that because used to you would say what divides the church is all these denominations and, and different theologies and so you've got you know Baptists over there and you've got um, you know Church of God over here and and you've got Methodists over there and and they're all you know divided by their theology uh, but now politics has become so overwhelming in our culture like people put such a priority on what you believe politically that now churches even within the same denomination and theology groups are dividing over politics right. and you've got churches that are splitting up and people leaving churches because they just don't align politically with that church anymore and uh, so you know we're seeing even denominations that have been around a long time splitting over politics now right. uh, and individual churches do that and and so it's heartbreaking like you say when when uh, you know that's not supposed to be what defines us for sure you know? so for sure good word um, we're also told to be patient, which I think, you know, obviously this ties in with that's um, what it takes to be united, you know, yeah. um, especially with politics and all that. But we're told to be patient, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. We're also told to put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and to let the peace of Christ, to which you're also called in one body, rule your hearts. And in other words, to be at peace with one another. So obviously... It's a big deal to Paul that believers live at peace with each other. So could you talk to us a little bit about why peace and unity are so important 
uh, for those of us who are raised with Christ. Right. Absolutely. Well, I believe it does tie back into our first question. And uh, to be able to be patient and be forgiving, and or to be able to be forgiving, you must be patient. And it kind of goes, they kind of coexist with one another. Um, but patience just in total, and I know you've mentioned this before, and I've thought about this every time I'm around an animal, but it's like even the way you treat your pets is a way, and I'm not going to get into, like, the PETA you know, stuff, but, I mean, uh, you know, but, like, the way that you treat other things around you, animals, even objects, like, if you punch a couch when you're mad, like, I'm glad you took it out on the couch instead of a human, but, like, um, just to be able to, to breathe in and know that, hey, Everything's going to be okay. Everything's all right. And um, to first have the understanding that, you know, God is in control and he's got this. Then when you have that understanding, it's way easier to be patient with others because then it's like, hey. Um, because I think so oftentimes, I, I know I'm guilty of this. Um, I try to do my own thing and try to, I, you know, just kind of go through the motions on my own and like read an inspirational quote in the Bible and then go out and try to conquer the day. But truthfully, I have to remember that I am I'm raised in Christ. I'm raised with Christ. And I, I, I got to understand that, hey, this, this is Jesus in me, not Aaron Mitchell doing his best for Jesus. Jesus is in me. Jesus is living through me. And so I have to represent him correctly. And once we have this understanding of, you know, where God is and where we are, then we humble ourselves before God, and then we're able to humble ourselves before others, knowing that, hey, I love my neighbor. And no, matter, no matter who you are, I love you, and I'm here for you, and I want to do the best for you, and I, I want the best for you. And so to be able to not just not like downgrade yourself, not treat yourself like, you know, bad, not to, not to make yourself any less in a bad way, but just to, just to live in an attitude of servanthood and know that, you know, you're not owed anything. And that's why I like the song um, Nothing Else by Cody Carnes, um, because it says, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. And that's such a true statement. We walk around here acting like, hey, you know, with our chest out, acting like we're, we're owed something. But truthfully, if we could just come to an understanding of where we are to God and where we are to others, I think the world would go a lot, a lot better. Um, we just live in such a selfish culture where it's a me, me, me place. And so that's how we unify is understanding that it's not about me. It's, it's, not about, it's not about us. It's about the goodness of, well, it's about the glory of God first and foremost, and he gets glory through our uh, works of sanctification. Yeah, well, break that down like even more practically for us, and like maybe you've got some practical tips or something that, of how we can practice uh, unity better with, and peace with each other. Right, right. Well, um, so for just a, a basic basic example um, would be like I know I, I like to get into a lot of like I mentioned earlier polit political views or th even theological views of things and if that's causing destruction in an area of your friendship or your relationship with someone I think you need to slack off a little bit and that's something I'm still learning but um, just to to understand, well, when Paul says, don't even, don't eat meat if it offends your brother. Basically, that's a paraphrase from Aaron's translation. But, uh, like, don't, don't do stuff if it offends your brother. Don't, don't talk about, now, unless it's the truth, of course, because the truth will offend. But if it's just something just to kind of play devil's advocate and just kind of get under people's skin, that's something I'm definitely guilty of. And so, um, just 
you, you don't have to, on a pulpit, on a Sunday morning, you don't get up there and mention your political views or what you believe theologically. You preach the gospel. And that's ultimately important in a, in a, Christian, like in a Christian environment and in a, in a, just in an environment itself is you don't first off start off, well, hey, I'm Neil Oldham, and I believe this about you know, such and such in the Reformation. And, and if I, you believe different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like, you, don't, you don't start off by that. you like, hey, like, what's your take on things? You know, I'm a Christian. And that's what you have to start off with. And then um, and it's sad that we have to break down what even our Christian beliefs are nowadays because it gets so misinterpreted and everything. But ultimately, just being able to, like, I don't know if I'm kind of avoiding your question any, but, like, just to break it down by not, not making everything, not making every discussion have an argument. Now, sometimes they lead to arguments, of course, but they can be, you can agree to disagree, you can disagree, disagree, wait, you can disagree agreeably. There we go. All right, I almost messed that one up. <laughs> but, uh, but no, so um, just to be able to disagree agreeably yeah, is ultimately what comes down to. So, yeah. Well, let's move to the second big idea, which comes up at the end of Colossians 3, 1 through 17. And when I was in the process of memorizing this passage, it all of a sudden stood out to me that at the end there's this repetition of be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. So it says, like this is verse 15, 16, and 17 at the end of this passage. It says, let the peace rule your hearts, uh, let peace rule in your hearts, and it says, be thankful. And then verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell richly among us, singing with gratitude in our hearts to God. And then verse 17, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. And so it's like one, two, three, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. And so it must be a big deal for him to repeat it three times straight. Uh, so define this idea of gratitude for us and let us know, do you see any connection between gratitude and unity since that's all kind of wrapped up here at the end of this passage? Absolutely. Well, um, so to, to start off, I believe that we need to, we need to get back to being thankful as, um, as a culture before we can even really um, dive into the idea of being thankful. So before I even give examples of how to be thankful, I want to give examples of how to get back to thankfulness um, because really the only time we tend to be thankful is you know around November when the turkey's out on the table and that's that's about it because we 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 just we set things nowadays um, through seasons and you know I don't have to give unless it's Christmas oh I don't have to be thankful unless it's Thanksgiving uh, you know I can all the rest of the time it's just party time for me and I can do whatever and then you know uh, it is uh, we we set it through seasons but truthfully Jesus is not a seasonal God he's a 365 24 7 God and we make excuses of of when to worship him or when we you know he's not a he's not a weekend thing he's not a Sunday morning thing uh, I think we've actually learned this through quarantine even that um that you know we can we can worship him we can watch I know I've been able to connect with him a way way deeper through quarantine and so um but just the idea of getting back to thankfulness, being thankful for like every little thing, it, it, like the breath that you breathe, the the car that we both took to get here to to meet up, just to the the clothes we're able to wear, and like some people are like, well, that's a silly thing to be thankful for, but like we really gotta understand that there are people that don't have this, and and there are people that just wish they had something of mine just like even a bracelet like that's that's so cool to be able to represent the gospel with five little symbols here and so just every little detail think of the technology that we had trouble with setting this up like for for a while 
even that, like to be thankful oh, for this man. big TV screen, uh, this Especially church. Especially this season, you know, where to be able to connect in this way. Right, even, right. Know. Even though we're not six feet apart, we're still thankful to we're be gathered. Close. Yeah, I think but, it's close. But you know, to be thankful that we're able to meet up here and not, you know, it, the government could be like locking us down and being like, you know, it, they could be taken to way more extreme measures than I know. A lot of people were thinking that this is like a time of persecution. It's not because when you're saying that, it's reminded me of uh, my kids right now because uh, I, we started praying at bedtime, like getting on our knees at the side of the bed before we read stories or anything, and and I was like thinking I'm going to teach these kids how to pray. Yeah, like good, like they're going to be some of the best prayers you ever had. So I'm like trying to teach them how to pray for people. Who do you want to pray for tonight? All this, and all they wanted to do is give thanks, and I was finally like, you know what? Let them just tell God thank you for stuff. Right. And so I've just been letting them pray however they want to. And right now, that's just thank you for, like, everything under the sun. And they'll be naming all kinds of stuff. And one of the kicks that uh, Peter's on lately is at the end of his prayer, he'll say, and thank you for amen. Amen. (laughs) And I was like, that's interesting. But, I mean, they just, they think so outside the box. And there's so many little things that I don't even think to say thank you for. I mean, they'll say, thank you for our bodies. Thank you for our, right. you know, stuffed animals or whatever. You right. know, like they right. they just, and so like that's what it made me think of when you're yeah, saying absolutely. like we've got to learn to be thankful again for yeah, so everything. To, to be able to, yeah, absolutely. To be able to understand what to be thankful for, which is not just the job promotion. And even be like, even to be thankful through our failures, even to be thankful for the life lessons that we've been taught that didn't go our way necessarily, they still taught us something. And so um, I, I think that would make a lot of people even like happier. I'm not saying that there's like there's obviously seasons where you're not as happy as others, right. of course. But and to to be ha- all right to be joyful doesn't mean to necessarily be happy. You can be in a constant state of joy and have bad days. And so I'm not just saying that you're gonna through thankfulness you're just gonna be the happiest person on earth. But you're definitely gonna be filled with joy, of course. And sure. so yeah, I mean even scientists and like psychologists and all have come to realize the power of gratitude. I mean, they're a little late to the game. Right. Christians have known that for ages, yeah. you know. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll tie it in, though, to this broader context. So this passage is about being raised with Christ. Right. Right. So what does gratitude have to do? Why is it such an important characteristic or practice for those who are raised with Christ? Um, just to, to be able to uh, even connect. That's one way that we can connect with one another is to be able to think, like, be thankful for your brothers and sisters who have different views than you because then they are able to help you grow in your in, in your belief. Like, you may believe something different, and they may never change your mind on earth, but you thought about it. So it feeds and, back into unity. It, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so and just to be able, I think that's the ultimate thing, is to be just, just to begin to be thankful for your diversity because even, okay, we see in the beginning when everything was perfect in Genesis 1, uh, we see just, I was reading that the other day and I was mind blown because everything is still so different. So sin did not bring diversity. Sin, sin is not, you know, Satan's not the master of diversity. He didn't bring diversity. Like anything that's turned bad was definitely good from the beginning. And Satan's just, you know, come in and twisted it. But diversity from the beginning of time was so beautiful. Like, these birds flying in the air and these creatures in the ocean, like, do you think that they were thinking, oh, I wish I had wings? And then the other one's like, I wish I had, you know, a body to swim. Or like, like they didn't think about that because they were just, they were, they were 
grateful as creatures to have their abilities. And so from that point forward, we see all diversity throughout all of scripture, throughout all of history, and how that can help us grow with one another and just be, I, okay, I'm, we, we've had this talk before, like evangelism and then just being able to just be a pastor of your church and build up your church. So both are great callings, but both are different tasks. Like you personally are a pastor of Cypress Street Church of God. So your goal as a pastor is to help build up the congregation that goes here to this church. And your goal is not necessarily evangelism and you're not going and get like, it's not, not to say that you can't go out there and do anything. But what I'm saying is your job, your, your pastoral job is to take care of your congregation. Yeah, and equip them for ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And equip them for ministry. And then my calling would be more of the evangelist side of things. So, because if I was at a church, I'd step on their toes the first week and get fired. So, but um, we, like, I, I'm going to be traveling and I'm going to be going to different churches and I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of that church, but I'm a part of the church. And so we're all unified there. It doesn't matter the denomination, doesn't matter the color, doesn't matter anything like that. And we're going to be able to to grow together, and I'm not necessarily building them up and leading them as a pastor, but I'm giving them the Word of God and something to just chew on. So both are great, but both are different. Now, does that difference bring, you know, division in the church? It shouldn't. It probably has over the course of time, but there's different callings, and so whether you're a doctor or whether you're, you know, flipping burgers at McDonald's, it doesn't matter. You do it for the glory of God, and, and we get to talking about the, doing it in the name of Jesus and stuff. So, well, let's wrap this up by just giving us a short practical tip for practicing gratitude this week. All right, be thankful for every single thing that you go through, every single thing. No, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you stub your toe on a coffee table or if you win a, the lottery ticket. Like, be thankful because, okay. Just practice. All right, no, check, no yeah. check this out. Check this out. So if, you, if I stub my toe, all right, yeah, that could be... That could be me, like, I could either, you know, cuss that coffee table out, which I'm not going to do. I don't cuss, guys. So, but, like, what I'm saying is, like, that could even be a trial that we go through. So, what I'm, like, we're thankful for, like, a, I don't necessarily know a practice. I just know that through life, like, just to be able to, just to accept trials and accept um, wins and failures and, and losses and things. Um, and so, I would just, I would just... Honestly, See how just much be, we can be thankful for. This just, week. Yeah, just I would just challenge you to be thankful for as much as you can in one day, and and also this is this kind of ties into it as well. Not complaining as much, not complaining that you don't have this or don't have that. Instead, be thankful for what you do have, or be thankful that you don't have certain things, so you wouldn't wouldn't take it to your head. I'm so thankful that I can't sing, because if I could sing, I would be the cockiest person on earth. And so just being just being thankful for. You're saying you're not already. Oh, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I mean, <laughs> sort of. Uh, well, this is, you know, it's, good. it's a good word. And it's also, especially right now, uh, when so many of us are discontent with our circumstances during all this coronavirus right. stuff, uh, one of the most important things we can practice is that gratitude piece. Right. And so I like that tip. Let's try. And instead of complaining about, uh, our our current normal and wishing we can get back to our old normal or whatever. Let's try being grateful right. in the circumstance we're in. Absolutely. But, well, let's move to the last big idea that comes up in Colossians 3, 1 through 17. And it's in the very last verse of this passage. And it is a huge idea. And it's this audacious statement that says, whatever you do in word 
or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything. That's everything you say, every action you take. Do it in the name of the Lord or the King, Jesus. So, first off, how would you even explain what it means to do something, anything, much less everything, in the name of the King, in the name of Jesus? Right. Well, what does that even mean, to do something in the name of? For starters, it's not, uh, it's not just simply you know, saying a prayer that we say here and then saying in Jesus' name and then we got the whole world conquered because we said that. Um, because plenty of people can say the name of Jesus and then not yeah. truly get it. So as long as we understand that, first off, just because you say something in Jesus' name doesn't mean that it was actually done in Jesus' name. So to, to what that does mean, though, is um, I, I've, just, I've studied this for a little while now and trying to, trying to truly comprehend, like, how do I do everything? How do I... How do I go to sleep in the name of Jesus? How do I like? How do I walk through my daily life? And and the one thing I've discovered is I, I mentioned this earlier is to know your position, know where you are in Christ. And so to first off understand that hey, look, reading we read through Isaiah, we read at Job. Um, going back to that, we see the trials they went through, right? And they went through some. Um, Job more than Isaiah. Isaiah was just, you know, he, he went and he obeyed God and people didn't listen to him and stuff. But they both saw God and Job's response was like, who, who am I to question you? Who, who am I to, to just, he was so perplexed by the appearance of God and Isaiah was the same way. He said, woe is me. And so to understand that we are no different than Job and Isaiah. Like, we're not prophets, of course, but um, even the Bible tells us to be greater than the prophets in, in a way. And so um, just to understand that, hey, look, we are below God. He is, he is over this. He, he's in control. And to understand that, hey, Jesus is in me. Jesus is in me. And to do, to do things, um, to, to live in the Spirit and not the flesh. And, and I think we've, we've worked for 2,000 years and, and some past then to understand what it means to walk in the spirit and, and not the flesh. And truly it's just um, living in a state of surrender, living in a state of, of under, like just understanding that Jesus is king. Jesus died for me. And obviously we can't, uh, it's, there's so much doubt in the church today and in the world today about Jesus just because like we didn't walk with him. And it's a pretty like wild thing to imagine like Jesus dying and then raising like that is crazy to understand but through faith we can understand that and and we can see that like understanding who Jesus is then it's like an honor and a privilege to be able to do things for him and do things by him and understand that this world is temporary this world won't last whether you're gonna live till you're 10 years old 20 years old or 120 years old like that's short. That is a vapor. That is like literally take a spray bottle and spray it, and that's your life. Uh -huh. And and like, it's it's done in just in just a glimpse. And so, ultimately, what what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? Do you want to sit and be a bum? To be quite frank with you, and I don't I don't mean sitting and being a bum by just watching Netflix all day or just doing this, but sitting and being a bum by you could work your tail off, but. At the end of the, the day, what, yeah, if you invest in like becoming a billionaire and not, you know, not knowing where that money comes from or who gave you that money or not knowing like, you know, who gave you the ability to get that money, then it's all for nothing. It's all like Ecclesiastes says, it's all for vanity and it's, it's just all done in vanity of vanities and stuff. And so even things like uh, music, which I love or 
you know, athletics or whatever. Like or if, preaching, even. Or preaching, even. Like, if you can't figure out a way to do it as a representative of Jesus and to represent Jesus in that and use it for his glory, right. for his kingdom, then, then what's the point? Right. Like, it's going to be all for nothing in the end. And <laughs> you know? I, I want to give an example of something. I, and I don't know how well y'all are taking, how like seriously y'all are taking <clears throat> quarantine right now. Um, but an example I want to give you, and uh, and I want to challenge you. This is just a little thing. This is nothing to do. <clears throat> this is nothing to do with like a whole lot. But just so we can all do a good deed this week, um, if you go out and go through a drive-through, I want everyone, everyone here, like everyone that's listening, even Brother Neil, even I, like I, I want us to pay for the person behind us, and not take it to our head. Now where you're going to be thinking the whole time, like when you're driving by, okay, I'm not taking this to my head. I'm not going to take this. And don't get distracted by the fact that you're not taking it to your head, but just do it simply cheerfully, okay? Cheer, be a cheerful giver. Do that um, and, and just pay for them and be happy that you did and then get away from there so that those people that were behind you, they can't chase you down and like give you all the glory because then if you get out of there, then you're avoid getting glory, which is a good thing. And then you can just think, Jesus, thank you for blessing me with the money and, and the finances, even though in this tough time, to be able to bless someone else because you've done so much for me. And, and you may be struggling right now with some finances. And I know that, like, you know, working at a fast food place is not like the, it's just, money is tight and money, like, it's, it's not easy to come by in this time right now, no matter if you got your stimulus check or not. Um, but what I'm saying is that, like, you can still do it. There's people that live off of $1, $2 a day sometimes, and, and they still make it. They, they make it, and it, it's, it's difficult for them. But trust me, if you're, I'll just be frank with you, if you're able to have access to this video and access to a good home right now or just a house and a roof, I'm sure you're able to find some spare change and to pay for someone's meal. Yeah. So, what if they order the steak dinner for like 100 people and you didn't know? It? Well, what place are you going to drive through <laughs> at a steak dinner? Okay. Just, just right. go to get, go to Chick Fil A. They, okay, all right, I'll make it easy for you. Go to Chick Fil A. They have a simple menu. You can't get too much there. So, I mean, but um, I mean, now if if the if the total is out of like out of range for you just go back around just loop back around and then pay for somebody else but like i just want to give you a simple example even if you don't do the drive through thing but do something for somebody this week and and, and not get glory because i know one thing that has been a really an issue for me is when i speak on stage anywhere like here or anywhere and people come up and say that was great i used to be like yeah yeah it was yeah, it was pretty pretty daggum good wasn't it but uh but you got to understand that, like, I'm, I wasn't, that's not me. That's not, if, if I said anything good, it was Jesus. And if I said anything wrong, then that was the flesh taken over. And so, um, Jesus said that when you've done what you've been told to do by your master, uh, don't act like it was a big deal. Just say, well, I just did what I was supposed to do. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, just doing my job. Right, know? absolutely. And that's, and that's what it ultimately comes down to. And, like, I really, it's hard to give you practical examples in today's world just because, like, it really is difficult to walk in a, in a, in a state of, like, doing things in Jesus' name and being thankful for everything and, and giving a lot. And just because, like, of the culture we live in, we're told, different things and so well, I think you've given us some things to think about then. right for sure and so um, but just to be able to do something in Jesus name doesn't mean to just you know go 
Um, but now I will say this, this is a pretty funny quote, and I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but it's from Charles Spurgeon, and he said, I smoked this cigar for the glory of God. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, man, well, you do you. But, uh, now, um, so, they didn't know that, uh, you know, that stuff can kill you back then. Right, but I was, uh, I was, putting, I was putting on some socks the other day, and I, I, like, I was just kind of joking around, but I thought about it after I said it, which I think about everything. But I was putting on these socks, and I said, I put on these socks for the glory of God. And I was like, Dang, because I'm putting on the socks, and then I'm going to put on the shoes, and then I'm going to go walk, and then I can tell somebody about Jesus. And that process started by putting on the sock. And that's just like, that's just some crazy stuff going on. Like, but you think about it, like, everything that you do for the glory of God can be done, in, like, under his will and just out of... Even the little things. Yeah, the little things, the yeah. socks, the cigar, <laughs> but anything like that. So uh, Hopefully well, that answers questions. I know sure. I ramble so much. But. Uh, no, that's all right. So... Uh, I want to thank you for sharing with us and thank you for taking time to prepare and uh, pray through this and um, appreciate your heart for the Lord and for uh, his church and to kind of wrap up this conversation on unity, gratitude and doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, could you leave us with just one big takeaway that will encourage us, inspire us um, to live as those raised with Christ as we finish this whole series? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, just walk. Just um, learn to walk in in humility, uh, no matter what that looks like for you. Um, if you're, I'm, I'm not going to ramble too much. I promise. But if if your big thing is sports, uh, learn to put that put that away. Okay, sports aren't even on right now, so you're just watching highlights anyway. But learn to put that aside and dig in the Word of God. Uh, learn to understand His Word. Don't. Don't just take it from what other people say, but dig in and, and understand what he says. If, if your big thing is politics, turn the news off for a little bit. It's the same old thing, all right? We get it. The coronavirus is here, and, and we don't know how long it's going to be. But just put it aside and, and just dig into the Word of God. And ultimately, once we dig in the Word of God, what you feed yourself is going to come out. And so if you're just feeding yourself a whole bunch of baloney about the coronavirus over and over on different news channels, all you're going to all you're going to want to talk about is hey, the coronavirus, the coronavirus. If you if you're watching these sports highlights, if you're just whatever you feed yourself, you're going to be passionate about. And so I just want to encourage you you to f feast in the word of God and to really just set your minds on things above. Set your minds on things above. Absolutely. Like this uh, chapter starts to talk about and uh and, and really just when, once you are able to dig in to his word, then that's going to come out. And you can't just say, hey, I read a verse today, so I'm going to do, like, I'm going to be good. Like, it takes more than a verse. Like, I know we, we try to start with simple, simple steps, which is great. Like, simple steps is where it's at. That's how it's made. Uh, that's how you make a foundation. But you got to start digging and understanding what does Jesus mean when he says this? What does Jesus mean when he says this? And to be able to do that and to be able to soak it, this all in, then it will be able to pour all out in your life wherever you go. And, uh, and so that's really all I can tell you because it's, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. So I can't just give you, I can't give you a whole lot of a workout routine about how to go do 10 push-ups and then treat people well. Like you, this is the push-up. This is the workout. Live in it. Yeah. yeah, you have to. So Pray through it. And, you know, with this idea of raised with Christ and why all this stuff matters, all, you know, Aaron's given you several things to think about today and, and to practice and do. And, uh, you know, whether it's getting in his word or paying for someone's meal or 
you know, practicing being thankful for everything or, you know, trying to not argue with people as much and, and instead, you know, show the love of Christ and be at peace with one another in His, in his name. All these things that we're talking about doing, uh, it's not just because you ought to because you're a Christian or whatever. This is what it means to be raised with Christ. It means to, well, this passage says that our life is in Christ. He is our life, is what it says. When Christ, who is your life. Right. Uh, so, He is our life if we're raised with Christ. And so this is our life if we're raised with Christ. It is a life of unity. It is a life of gratitude. It is a life where everything that we do, even the little things that we say, or the putting on our socks, all these things are for Him and in Him, because He is our life. And He's the only place where real life is found. And so, you know, you can chase after things in this world that our world says is life. Um, they say you can find life in, you know, in music. In fact, I just heard uh, someone say yesterday on TV, music is life. Music is everything. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, sports is life. Sports is everything. No, it's not. Uh, you know, sometimes right now we're stuck in our houses and we think we don't have a life because we're stuck in our house. Christ is our life. He's the only life that matters. And so wherever you're at with all this today, I just want to challenge you to find life in Christ and not in other things. And maybe you're not a Christian even, and you're watching this. I want you to know that uh, if the things you've been chasing after aren't satisfying you, and you're not finding the life that you thought you could find in them, I want to suggest to you that maybe you never will, because there's only one who is life, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. You can be raised with him, come and follow him. We invite you to do that today. And why don't you pray with us as we wrap this up. Father, we thank you so much. I want to give you thanks for Aaron and for his life and his pursuit of you and of the life that you have to offer us. And I want to ask your blessing on him. But I also want to ask your blessing on everyone listening who's wrestling with this. And maybe it's... You know, maybe this hits them in different places. Maybe they have a broken relationship with someone and this talk, talk about unity and how to live in peace with their brothers and sisters uh, hits home. Maybe, maybe this is uh, hitting home for someone else on the issue of gratitude and they realize, man, I've been grumbling and complaining about so much. And uh, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would help them to be grateful this week and to practice uh, counting their blessings and uh, maybe it's just uh, this idea of, man, they've been doing everything for themselves for a long time, and now they want to do everything for you. God, help us all to do that. Teach us how to be representatives of Jesus and to do things in his name. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>